There you go. Um, yeah, so it records the video. I didn't realize it records the video and the audio, but I don't need the video. Who wants that? Who wants that? No one wants that. Unless a child walks in the background and, you know, poops or something like that. Something funny that we can make viral. Yeah, I can't imagine that's going to happen today. <laughs> something, the bookcase might fall on me. Yeah, I might have cat shenanigans. I don't I should, know where he's gone. I should show you. This is my poor excuse for a bookcase. That's it. Oh, no. Is that all your books? It's all my books. It's one, two, three, four, five, six shelves. Very small. That's wild. It's by my wife, uh, my wife's design. <clears throat> she knows if I uh, had a bigger bookcase, then it, that would get filled. There would be more I, books. I would yeah. want more bookcases. What it's actually done is make me give away a lot of my books. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, oh, that's why he brings us all the books. Yeah. I also like giving it to students. That's always a good thing yeah. at the end of the year yeah. is just to put them on the table and go, who wants a book? I had one student last year and she would basically take all of them. Good on her. Yeah. She would take like four and be self-conscious. And then wait. And then wait. And then at the end of the lesson go, oh, I'll just take this, this and this and this one. Talking to Zoe Price. Hey, Zoe. Mm, hello. So I don't know how this will sound because both of us are in what day two or is it day one? I don't know. Don't know. Of COVID lockdown or isolation. Yeah, I definitely sound like a little bit, I don't know, huskier than usual. <laughs> That's why we needed to get on, do this as quickly as possible so we could sound that alluring husk yes but indeed. i can't hear i don't know i just very nasally so yeah when i listen back it's really going to annoy me <laughs> oh well <clears throat> yeah so if i cough and splutter whatever um we we won't spend too much time talking about the covids because you know who hasn't experienced oh, something to do with it mm. but we were <laughs> i guess you could call it a covid bomb went off in our staff room in our <laughs> tiny staff room and just basically took out everyone I think it's yes. seven, seven out of nine people or something in the staff room. Yes. It's sort it. of over the course of a week, we all went down. Yeah. Like dominoes. Yeah. And in hindsight, uh, we, we're not very smart people. Uh, we, a few of us went to trivia <clears throat> together on whenever that was, Tuesday night. Okay. Mm. Let's get our heads together. Yes, breathe on each other, the answers, whisper yeah, the answers. You've got to whisper the answers. You don't want anyone to hear. Yes, Justine's been mocking us roundly about that. No. All, all put your heads together and, yes. and and write the answer, whisper it, whisper it. There's but no kind of safe trivia. No, and kind of whisper in a shouty way, I guess, that mm. happens at trivia. Yes. So, yeah, all of us, basically. Uh, I didn't go to trivia, though, and it still got no, me. So. No, no, I guess. I guess it's just how much can you have... All the windows shut and the heaters on, and yeah, yeah. And our desks are tiny. But yeah, yeah. I thought you were the other side of the wall. I thought you might escape, but you sound like and that you have avoided the worst of it anyway. Yeah, I feel fine. I because I had this other bug previously. Like I actually feel better than I've felt in three weeks. So oh, <laughs> maybe I'll be productive in my ISO. Who knows? You've got like COVID glow. Is that what's happening here? Yeah, exactly. COVID Something glow like up, as my daughter would say. What a great phrase. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a shave last night. I don't, I don't know why. I've got nothing to do. That's yeah. why we're talking. No offense. I've got a very dangerous box of hair dye that sits in the top of my <laughs> cupboard for emergency. Right. And it's left over from lockdown, um, yeah. but it might come out. Who knows? <laughs> it's sort of that kind of thing. I, like I said, I'm in my room. I've already cleaned my desk. I don't know. What I wanted to talk to you about is if you were having the same experience, only been a day and a half, but mm. I almost feel like trapped uh, with my phone. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Do you know I... what I mean? I don't feel like that yet. Um, yeah. I don't know. This seems, this feels very normal for me because I did all of lockdown alone. Right. Um, so I didn't have anyone else in my home. Right. It was just me and the cat and the phone. Yeah. And the students online. Um, so it, it feels sort of normal. Right. Well, <laughs> I think I was about 30 minutes into my isolation and I was laying in bed shouting out, what's going on out there? Because <laughs> I could hear, I don't know if, if the cat got in the garage, or whatever it was, it sounded like what was happening out there was way more fun. So Yes. But, yeah, I just find, especially yesterday, I was just on my phone constantly, you know, not, not productive at all, just sitting on my phone looking at stuff. Can you go outside at all? Can you, like, ration outside time? I can. I, with sort of the design of the house makes it a bit easier to go out except the weather's just been it's horrible appalling so i mean the first sign of like any kind of sun we get then mm. i'm i'm I, I can exit straight away without really encountering encountering oh, nice. anyone like i've walked to the bins a couple of times that's been the extent of my exciting going outside mm. but like the the design of the house is pretty good you can basically cut it off justine slept on the lounge said it was really comfortable oh that's good the cat sort of went to sleep on her and then in the night came into me and then went back to her before she woke up. So she assumed that Otto slept with her the entire night. Oh, hang on. Someone's at the door. This is weird. Uh, something something interesting's happening. I'll, I'll be back. Okay. Have fun. Sasha. I brought you some You didn't have to, but thank you all the same. Well, well, well. I'll have to edit all that out. Presents? That's a lot of people, yeah. My, my friend Sasha bought me Dobinson's. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I love it when I put a throwaway line. Like she said, oh, well, you know, do you need anything? And I said, oh, just vodka and Dobinson's. And she was like, okay. So Aww. A bit yeah. like when people say, you know, they really want to buy themselves a grug. Yeah. Can't justify a soft toy at 28 years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what's what's the appeal of grug? Those of you out there who don't know, um, so I don't know. He's just like he's quite grounding. Yeah, he just goes about his day. If there's a problem, he'll overcome it. <laughs> he's just a simple, nice guy. Yeah, he's a simple, nice guy. Yeah, you don't meet many simple, nice guys around. You don't meet many grugs. No, there's some self-described grugs who turn out to not be grugs. <laughs> I mean. I'll have to keep this in because I want to call the episode a self-described grug. <laughs> yes, that's fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Self oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happens. People hear things and uh, present you with your own grug. They do. They, they latch on. It's lovely. It's, it's very sweet, actually. Um, I spent all of the other night cooking Kelly a 30th birthday cake 
And it was meant to be this like layered mousse thing, but yeah. some of the layers didn't work. So now I've got just deconstructed cake in my house, like a bowl of mousse and a bowl of cake. Um, so that's worked out all right for ISO. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good time. So you've got deconstructed mousse cake. Yeah, so I've got the sort of layers yeah. and the mousse, a bowl of mousse and sort of a container of layers that crumbled and fell apart. Right. And I just put them in a bowl apart. and mix them up. Right. Yeah. And then you'll just have to eat it. That's what's Yeah, that's, what that's the only option. Right. <laughs> and you can't be wasting food in this like food price climate. No, you know, and it all has to go. Yeah. And I mean, what can you do? Like are people delivering you food? Are they, um, are you? It, lots of people have offered. Yeah. Um, but I'm quite a, quite a sort of bulk cook freezer person anyway. Right. So I'll be fine for food. And I've got a garden. You're very, you sound very organized. I am. I have been described as terrifyingly organized. <laughs> what's before. the, uh, what's the terrifyingly part I of I think that? it just like, it's borderline pathological. Like maybe, maybe I'll harm you with my organization. Right. Right. What do you think, what do you think that's all about? I mean, we're, we're in a staff room with some, I would say, equally organized people. Mm. Mm. What's it about? Oh, it just makes life easier, doesn't it? It does. It does. But like, where does it end? Does it, well, well I guess what I'm asking you, because I, I, I relate to all of what you're saying and also the, the harm part, but do you find it can, I guess, impede your relaxation, for example? No, I know you're sort of, we've had lockdowns and you're, and you're forced to stay at home for a week and not do much, but do you get, or do you think it's a, a marker of how you're going um, mentally if you can't unwind, if you like, oh, I need to do this, 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 and this? Yeah, possibly that. I have a friend who says that he can tell how stressed I am by the manner in which I cut up my banana bread, which sounds very strange, but like the more stressed I am, the more there's a method to it. And okay. like everything's exact. And um, whereas if I'm quite relaxed, I won't really think about how I'm cutting up my banana bread. So yeah, that's a small scale version. Well, that, um, that, that must be someone who knows you quite well. That's a, that's very specific. Oh yeah. I, I have not a large number of friends, but the ones I have know me very well. So do, do they buy you banana bread just to see how you go? Is that like their check-in? Yeah. Just to, and then they all watch. No, we're open enough that they don't really need to. <laughs> right. Right. Sometimes but, they confuse, like, I'll be like, oh, you know, they're trying to organize an outing and they'll say, hey, let's go for coffee on Sunday. And I'll say, yeah, I'm down. And they think I'm saying I'm sad. And they're like, oh, can we do anything? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I get you. Yeah, right. Oh, no, Zoe's down. Oh, no. Feeling blue, eh? Yeah. So we're yes. like, we have an established relationship where we would just state that. Right. Well, that's, that's where you want to be, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. I really need to go and get coffee with someone right now. Is that the kind of, right. So, yeah, like does it? I, I find yeah. I, if I'm heightened, mm. then that's the thing. Is like I've got a list, but I have to try and do all of all of the list now. Yeah, I'm. I I would be prone to do that, but I'm quite good at managing it most of the time. Right. Well, I'm very jealous. Maybe I yes. need some advice. Now we want to. I wanted just to talk to you as well. Like I mentioned that the the reason I do this is so I can talk to people that I work with or hang out with, and you know, actually ask some questions that I, I'd never really asked. Mm. And I mean, it's a, a general question, but like, wh why are you a teacher? Oh, I hate this question. Okay. Um, because it just sort of ended up that way. I thought I'd like it as a job <laughs> yeah. um, when I was right. <laughs> okay. 
I, I could give you like lame sort of isms about it being a calling or whatever, wanting to yeah. make a difference to the future. Um, but, but is that true? Um, I think I'm quite aware of how minimal my difference probably is. I make amounts of difference that are really important at the time, but were I not there, someone else would be doing it. And that's right. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But did you get into the job with that sort of those aphorisms in mind? Um, no, I just wanted a job that like, oh, this can sound selfish. I wanted a job I would enjoy. <laughs> How terrible of you. Um, I didn't want a desk job. Right. I didn't want to sit behind a desk. I had a dad who was a teacher and I saw that he found it rewarding. Right. Um, and I sort of found myself able to do it around living in boarding school, like we would study together. Yeah. And I was known for being good at English, I suppose. And I would help friends study. And I found quite rewarding the moment where they would give me a draft and I would say, oh, there's nothing I really need to do to that. And when I would think about sort of how far that person had come, even though we were just peers, that was a nice feeling. So a job that could involve that feeling I thought would be good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, that's, I know you, you mean the, the, the idea that that's selfish, like doing a job you enjoy, but God, I'd hope, like, that's really what you want all teachers to be, <laughs> be doing the job for. And, like, I know now I've got my, the girls going through school, mm. like, nothing makes me happier than talking to, I mean, I don't like going to parent interviews because I know what it's like being the teacher in parent-teacher interviews, but my, both my girls ask me to go. Yes. But nothing makes me happier than, talking to a teacher who's just like, oh, I really like doing this. And, yeah. um, and of, all, of all ages, I think that's always good to see older teachers who still feel the same way. Because Oh, yes. I had this teacher. I'm sure she won't mind being named Mrs. Lang. And yeah. she was a science teacher. And I ended up working with her in the same school very briefly later on. And I just would look at her and I would look at how just thrilled she was to take year eight for a double period on a like Friday afternoon yeah. um, and how happy she was to welcome the toughest class in. And I thought like, that's goals. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. I mean, well, what does that, well, how hard is that to manage in reality? I think it takes like by that point, she's been teaching her whole life. Right. So she's, she knows what to let go of, I suppose. Um, mm. And what to sit in and just enjoy. Um, so I guess she was an expert and that made it easier. So what, do you, what do you, did you observe, like, what, what that was? Like, what did she let go of? That's a really good, like, observation of what to sit um, in and what to let go of. She said to me once when something upset me as a new teacher, something along the lines of, like, um, kids can be a-holes, but we love them and that's why we do it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we love them anyway. And so I think she just sort of had some very simple grounding kind of ideas of what the job was really about. And yeah. Could let yeah. go of the pressures that she's perhaps seen placed on people that weren't there initially. Like right. if you come into the job new, the expectation where it is now is just the expectation. Like the expectation is people use their sick leave to get work done because they can't get it done during work. Right. Um, and she knew that was BS because once upon a time that wasn't the truth. So she wouldn't be having any of that. Right. Yes. And that's, I guess the uh, the idea, isn't it, is just how do you, well, that's what's happening in teaching at the moment is how do we deal with this? The, the stuff that's put on teachers as an expectation uh, and then the, the, what the actual reality of 
you know, just we just keep going forward and be your heroes. We're all heroes, and we're uh, all heroes. We're all heroes, and and therefore you shouldn't complain because you're a hero. I don't know. I've yeah. I um, I think we're starting to see the end of being able to exploit like goodwill. Yes. Um, Yes. At the moment, I mean, some of my friends and I are quite hopeful that the whole sort of profession is just going to crumble, and then we can be part of the rebuild. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the last 15 years I've worked with a lot of people um, who have said similar things like, wouldn't it be good if we could just open our own school and we can just handpick yeah. te- all our friends as, who are teachers and we can just teach what we want and how we want and we'll do it that way. You know? yeah, yeah, in a way, but it'd be nice if, yeah, if we didn't have to, I guess. Yes. It would be the better idea. Um, I wanted to get back. You said, uh, you know, what to let go of. And when you started teaching... What was it? What was the hardest thing for you to let go of, or what was the hardest thing for you? Do you think, or what is the hardest thing? Because you're still, you know, you're still a very young. Um, I'm still a baby teacher. You're still a baby teacher, especially in the college system that we're in. Like I don't know what the average age is, but it'd be older mm. than the than in high schools and primary schools, I'd say. Mm. I think in that context, um, the letting go was more to do with like the limits of how much you can help a kid. Right. Um, and the, the things that you wish real social services were properly funded to do, um, that yes. you were trying to pick up the pieces of and you just couldn't. No. And it, it's, it's certainly like when I was a year advisor, talk, talk, I had a really good mentor uh, at the previous school I was at who would say things to help like, well, what are you trying to do? Well, what are you, th- you know, you're thinking about these children too much outside of school you can't help them when they go home so you all you have to do is help them as much as you can when they're here and I was like yeah but but what about she's like you you cannot do anything yeah gotta let go of it we'll drive you drive you nuts and you're like oh okay so it sounds like to me that you even at the start you had a fairly positive experience The, the negative aspect seems to be about the limits of what you can achieve Mm-hmm. Um, but no real like personal affronts because I remember starting myself with the hard part was like why are these people so mean to me that kind of thing the kids yeah yeah the kids. oh no I've always got on love with the kids yeah but I was in a context where like I sort of belonged to the community I was I was teaching uh, right, right, right. siblings of people I went to school with like parent teacher would consist of someone coming in and being like my granddad tiled your house when you were three <laughs> So it was a little bit of a different experience. I already had buy-in um, and some authority there. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that that certainly does help, but you don't have that at the school we're at now. Is it just no. a bit the classroom management side of things is a little lighter at college or? Yeah, I think. They're a bit um, more well-formed and self-aware, I guess. Not all of them, but. Yeah, a lot of them are a little bit more well-formed and self-aware. I mean, I think they seem... I don't know if I'm getting older or they genuinely seem younger, like right. with COVID and they seem to have some social kind of wiggles and habits that they maybe haven't been able to get out of their system in high school that they're bringing over, but that's fine. Largely, like they're just humans, right? They just want to be safe, heard, valued. Yes. That's it. Yeah, yeah I, I, you said like, oh, you know, that the, your, the mentor teacher told, you know, like they can be assholes. And, mm. uh, and that's kind of when I started teaching, that was like, well, what do you, what do you, the, again, I had a really good mentor teacher when I started, who I'm still friends with now. And, and she said the same thing, like, what are you expecting from them? That, that they'll be well-formed humans and, you know, 
treat you with the respect you deserve. That's yeah. not how it works. They have to, like, I, I couldn't believe how quickly that changed. Like, mm. you, you start teaching, especially if you come in halfway through a year and you take over classes and they just test you and test you and test you. And then you come back the next year and they're all like, oh, hey, sir. And they're telling other students to treat you with respect. Yes. And, and you're like, what is happening here? And they're like, oh, you just came back. Like, I had to be explained to me. Like, they just mm. want to make sure that you will come back because a lot of times teachers don't or there's changes and changes and changes. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, that's dumb. Like, yep. no, there's not much reason to it. I took over a class, a year nine, 10 English class that introduced themselves by telling me how many teachers they'd already got yeah. rid of in like the first term. Yeah. Um, and the, the moment they trusted me was quite funny because I had absolutely nothing to do with my teaching. One of them asked me, like, oi, miss, what's the best way to kill a rabbit if you haven't got anything, like you haven't got a gun? And I was able to answer that question in a way they thought was correct. Yeah. And they were just like, mm, miss knows what she's on about. And after well, that point, we were cool. So what is the best way to kill a rabbit? We just um, So I opted for the sort of foot on the head. You yep. grab the back legs, pull back and twist. Bit violent. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> a bit violent. I'd, yeah, yeah. I prefer you to come up with a non-violent way to kill a rabbit with your, <laughs> without any weapons. Some people drown, but that's slow. Oh, right. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah, okay, quick. Yeah. Quick and easy. Right. Did you ever threaten them with the same? No, no. Now that you know, come here, I'll uh, demonstrate. Mostly bigger than me. I mean, I, ta- I taught in a very rural area mm. and the year 11 and 12, some of them were just like, they wanted to be living off the land. Like they oh, didn't yeah. want to be school. And they would they invited me to go pig hunting with them. Yeah. Well, that's um, an honour. Yeah, it, w- it was an honour. And yeah. when I suggested or asked him what kind of gun that was like this, what is wrong with you? You don't take a gun. You take a knife and, a, and, a, and your dog. dog. Yeah. Jump on its yep. back. And some and... for the dogs when they get beat up. That's right. The dog takes yep. its legs out. You jump on its back and you stab it right here, right here, just between yep. the neck and the shoulder blade, just here. And you're like, okay. Yep. All right. That's where, the life. Where am I? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, there were three, yeah. three or four big like social events in the calendar that everyone looked forward to. Yeah. Um, the races the show and the rodeo were basically it. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was it. All year. And which was the, which was the wilder? Which was the wildest one? Um, the races probably had the most number of intoxicated people before midday. Yeah. Um, and, like, intoxicated, generally responsible people. The <laughs> okay. rodeo had a dance after the rodeo right. um, in a shed, and that was pretty fun. Right. Is it sort of like BNS balls kind of thing? Was that the what it ended up being? Or not quite that crazy. No. No. Because just because the population was too small to quite I, right, right, right. achieve the scale of BNS. But yeah, that's the vibe. That was a, a, a yeah, again, first year of teaching was the amount of students who invited me to BNS balls. And when I I don't know what that is. And when they told me, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go to there. Yeah, no, I've never been to a BNS. I, I don't love crowds. I don't love drunk strangers um, that are unpredictable. I don't yes. love being drunk myself. So yeah. I don't like loud noises. <laughs> really? Like I told you, I went to my first stand-up concert the other day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, oh, I thought you meant since, like, lockdown. No, ever. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, right. Oh, all right. When you said that, I thought, oh, yeah, it's been like two and a half years. I, I get that. But yeah, that was your first one ever. Yes, ever. And, and you had fun? Yeah, I loved it. But like we picked a very kind of, I think we picked the right one for it to be my first one. I was meant to go with my friend Chloe, but she couldn't go. So I took Tom, who knows about the banana bread cutting up. Yeah. Um, and they're aware of my kind of triggers and neuroses and was a very safe space. Um, and we located a sort of withdrawal section away from the mosh pit where we could rendezvous. Yeah. Um, but actually the crowd were all, you know, it was a Wednesday night. The crowd were all probably roughly 30. Right. And they, they wanted to get six hours sleep and not have a hangover. So <laughs> yeah. everyone had a lovely time. <laughs> yes. Welcome to adulthood. What I've the, been waiting my whole life to be this age. It's great. What did the young people call it? The, what kind of band was it? Oh, they said there were a few young people queuing so this up. Is, this is the Wombats, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it was the Wombats. There were a, a few. I'm a terrible people watcher and eavesdropper. <clears throat> um, so there were a couple of youngins behind me. Yes. And they were not appropriately dressed for the weather. And everyone else had clocked that. Um, uh, they didn't. This is the kind of concert where there was a cloak room yes yes okay and they're in the queue and the queue is quite long it stretches all the way across the uc campus to get in and they look to each other and they go like god i can't believe the queue is this long there can't be that many people who want to see them they're such a geriatric band yeah they're just uh, it's the wombats and the rolling stones that's, that's yes a, wow yeah. we were actually at day on the green um yes Oh wow! Yeah. So now you now you can find your comfortable concerts where everyone just has a, a nice time. Yeah. Now I'm sort of familiar with how they like work. I reckon I know how to manage it. So it sounds to me like, and we've never really talked about this, but you were just talking then, like you you there with your friends. You've got your banana mm-hmm. bread uh, Friend. tells. You, you're there at the concert with your friends, trying to find here's a safe space, and yeah. you talked about your triggers. Well. How does this uh, and your neuroses, like how does that impact you on the on a day-to-day or how does that impact your, I guess, energy levels, especially mm. in, a, in a job like teaching where you need to be high energy a lot of the times? Yeah, teaching is funny. We're quite privileged, I think, like in mainstream anyway. The kids are quite fully formed. And if I walk in and say, look, I've had a day, yeah, um, they're pretty respectful of that. Um, and I'll still meet them where they need, but they might not throw me extraneous curveballs that are unnecessary on that day. Yeah. Um, it tires me um, out, but I don't know. I still love it. It gives me energy too. So, but how, how is your, or your, as you say, neuroses, how mm-hmm. did that affect you when you were a student? Oh, I, I don't know that we can reliably like think about my time as an adolescent because my dad died. So it's very hard to sort out what was just me and what was grief, I suppose. Right. Um, or anxiety, anticipatory anxiety. Like I would sit, I would sit in classes and imagine, um, you know, if he died during this lesson, which teacher would walk toward me to come and get me. So anytime I saw a teacher walk toward the room, I was like, is this the moment? Um, so I do still do a lot of like projecting like that and imagining for myself the worst possible scenario so that I feel quite prepared, um, which is why I feel fine now with COVID in lockdown because I've thought about it for two years. There's a lot of that um, 
well, like I never really understood my wife is a bit the same that and mm. like you said the anticipatory anxiety mm. I never really understood that but now of course with you know it, it even happened all last week was this mm. is what I was expecting yeah. was to get COVID because I had plans coming yep. up in the first week of the holidays with the girls I was going well, they gonna go to the movies yeah they're gonna go to the movies by themselves yes. so I could go and read a book and now I mean what has actually happened is I'm free to sit in bed and read by myself with no distractions for you know six more days but I also had uh, a trip up to my friend's house for two days just me which never happens and that was all that last week was like it just starts to happen like oh he's got COVID someone oh even people like oh that's you know my nephew had COVID and I was like well that doesn't impact me at all but now I'm now listening who else has got oh it's everywhere it's everywhere it's everywhere and then yes and that's what happens but I I mean I never really had any of that but now I see it every time plans are made you're like yeah yeah so it's 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 quite funny I think some people um overly worry about me and my anxieties but I'm quite confident in the actual situation I'm going to be fine yeah um, in the moment, I'll be fine. It's what I do to my own brain in the lead up that might derail me for a minute or two. Um, so I'm really the only one in control of that. No, that's true. I mean, that's that's you've, it's the self awareness, right? Is yes. when when the self awareness sort of slips. Yeah, and it can be tough for people around me because they want to do something, um, but they're not inside my brain. So there's there's not a whole bunch extra they can do other than already just knowing me really well and knowing my banana bread tells yeah so are they quite good at pointing out like seeing or feeling this before you do is that is that what no I think um no I think that we're sort of simultaneously aware of it they just would like to ease my suffering sometimes right and I theirs that's friendship though yeah yeah I mean that makes perfect sense doesn't it it's like Mm. yeah but I guess a lot of times you have to learn to I guess sit in it with you right that's that's really what it comes down to and that's pretty hard and I see that at school with students is that they're trying to fix their friend yeah you know that kind of I need to go my friend needs me and you're like Mm. do they do Mm. they Mm, yeah do you really you want to be needed which is lovely yeah but yes yeah yeah anyway that's that's yeah how it works for young young people but now we're older and more self-aware there's never any issues um so the other thing i wanted to ask you about which you i've heard you mention a few times is uh going to boarding school oh yes because i'm fascinated with this because i guess i was obsessed with like reading boy right roald dahl's boy and and prep school in in england and reading all about oh what happens in boarding school and um hearing people's stories about going to boarding school and it's it's more of like this it's almost victorian the, the image i have in my mind of what boarding school is like but you mentioned to me today that you actually were the one that decided that you were going to boarding school when you did i guess yeah and i think um even as students we were pretty aware there was quite a distinction in how people experience boarding school based on whether they were made to go which does still happen the like yeah naughty kid who's going to get straightened out or whatever that never works don't waste your money (laughs) um and and people who had more agency and even if 
they were always going to be there. It had been a sort of narrative that had been being told and they'd been being prepared for. Um, or right, this- yeah, because there's there's two versions in my yeah. head of students who go to boarding school. It's either that they're going there to be straightened out or their parents are cold and distant and have sent them away without a care for them in the world so that they'll yeah. come back fully formed and well-educated. Look, maybe. Um, I think <laughs> That's all you get. You've only got those two options. I think there was there was an element at our school often of limited educational choices because everyone was a farm girl, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and local schools only went to year 10 or um, class-wise that wasn't really going to be done or you would do school of the air, but then you don't develop socially. I was um, going to say that. was I, I'm guessing in a small town, one of the appeals is the social aspect yeah. of it. And it is a lot of it, like if you imagine, if you imagine all the positive cliches of kind of girls at sleepovers, talking about their feelings, reading occasionally raunchy passages out loud out of a novel by Nicholas Sparks, um, sharing wardrobes, exfoliating each other's backs. Like we did do all of that um, stuff, which was really lovely. You learned to cohabit really, really well. Um, You learned to get over things very quickly, which perhaps quicker than girls in day schools because you live with each other. So you can't hold on to it. It's just going to make everyone's day hell. Yeah. Um, So all of those were real positives. The community was absolutely a positive. It was really challenging. Um, But I mean, the educational experience was amazing as well. So what was the challenging? What's the most challenging? I was going to ask you, you, uh, this is all just from snippets of conversation. Um, are you, you're an only child? I am an only child. So, so I went from, I had culture shock. Yeah, I was going to um, ask, was that difficult, the, that part of it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very introverted. So carving out time to decompress and be by myself um, was something that, like, and having less of that because your day is so structured. Like frequently girls would have sport training before breakfast, breakfast, some kind of extension subject, then school would start, some kind of activity in the afternoons, dinner, supervised homework until nine, and then you have an hour to kind of brush your teeth, put your pyjamas on, get in bed. Um, So everything was so highly structured. Carving those moments out was quite hard. Um, So that was one challenge. Um, And then... Yeah, the other was that I just really missed my home and my pets and my dad um, and the property. I w- I didn't realise how attached I was to, like, the physical landscape. Um, but I got to go home on weekends quite a bit, so. So what, what was the actual boarding school you went to? So Frensham in Mittagong. Right. So it's it's small. Um, it's It was about 300 kids. Yeah. Um, my parents knew me well enough to never stick me in an enormous school. Yeah. I wouldn't have coped in our school, to be honest. No. Um, and 70 or 75% of those were boarders. Right. Yeah, I was going to say not everyone at boarding school is a boarder, no. are they? No. Huh. Was there a discrepancy between the boarders and the non-boarders? Maybe there was initially, but by the time I started... Okay, like you said, you, it was year nine for you, wasn't not it? Not so much. Yeah. Um, there, it was quite common for girls who lived locally to choose to board even for portions of the year Um, and and then into year 11 and 12 like they they wanted to be part of the study community they wanted access to the resources um, 
And yeah, I think it was attractive enough that people chose to do that. And you had some space from your little siblings, maybe, if you're studying for year 12. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap it up fairly soon because I'm realising I'm getting a bit tired. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why that would be. Yeah, the energy levels are. Um, I, and I've spoken about this before when I do these interviews. It sort of energises like a little bit mm. of manic energy. Mm. Uh, and obviously that may have a, <laughs> there may be a side effect after mm. the recording where I need to have a nice uh, lie yeah. down. Um, yeah. But I've got a couple of questions I'm just going to throw at you. Okay. So <laughs> one of my favourite phrases you've sent to me in the last few weeks is that you're happy to lean into cat spinster tropes oh yeah god cat spinster life is the best kept secret <laughs> i think cat spinsters have generated the stereotype to make it seem unattractive so people will leave us alone because we're very happy <laughs> it's sort of a circular um i guess trope isn't it is that yes. we cat spinsters want to be left alone with their cats and yes they do so. yes <laughs> but not because we're sad or on the shelf Oh, dear. yeah it's it's a good life i i don't know sometimes i wonder if i'm broken because i don't feel a deep longing to have a partner um at the moment but yeah you feel like you're broken well i don't think so you're 28 i think mm. the longer you put that off the better <laughs> i was gonna say the longer you put it off the better it is for the other person I, yeah I feel, well, i'll I'm, be fully formed i don't think i've ever like said that out loud but i think it's true mm. like i i feel sorry for uh, Justine a number of times especially in the first few years of our relationship where I was like when I look back I'm like oh dear there were still a lot of kinks you had to get out of who you were as a person and and the maturity does that level. ever stop no it doesn't ever stop but they were much bigger then yeah. now it's sort of like a little I need a little rock hammer thing to like knock them out but there were yeah. some there were some things where you look back here why would you ever say that why would you ever do that what did you think like in the under the guise of communicating mm. it's just yeah very strange uh what that happened so uh, yeah i think the longer you can to wait for it but do you feel a pressure uh from anyone or from society about finding a partner because well you're 28 did you say it's not like i a, don't feel a pressure so much as like i think a misplaced sympathy for me sometimes right um so sometimes people will look at me with with kind of sadness or like Oh, it's it's a terrible shame, like because you're so amazing. Yeah, and and I that's not something I feel. So it's always a little bit jarring when I remember other people look at me like that. Right. Um, but not too much pressure. No, I think times have probably changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 you and I mean, I wonder if the, that pressure is more more felt like late thirties. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and people wondering what's and I'm sure the pressure is tied to, you know, biological clocks that do exist and they are real things that people feel and I'm not there yet. No, no. I mean, the fact that, what is it that, you know, like our friend, lovely friend Betty just had a child, but that, that is considered a geriatric pregnancy yes. because she's over 35. Yeah, my mum of... was geriatric when she had me at 32. <laughs> 32 was geriatric back yeah, then? Yeah, back then. Oh, my God. Just yep. lucky, lucky she's. Yeah, high have risk. you? Yeah, high risk at thirty-two. Wow, I no, know. It's. it's oh, I wonder why that's changed. It's not considered high risk now. Maybe medicine 
evolved. I mean, all of those things are generated from like averages, right? There's yeah. no, you can't point to a woman and on the day she turns 35, say you're at greater risk. Yeah, there's an alarm going off now inside yeah. you and uh, we better, act. yeah, it's, I don't know, that's very strange. Well, that's like, you know, one part of, I don't know, 28, uh, this is the oldest man thing I've ever said, but 28 just seems so young to me. You know, I think that's what I got married at when I was 28. Again, I, and I mentioned this before, I made no friends at university when I, uh, with a guy who we were at uni with, who I thought was my age, Mm. um, but was actually 29. He was talking about his wedding and he was talking about like that and all the other first year students, mainly female, was in drama. They were all asking him about the wedding and getting all excited about it. And I was just like, what is going on? You know, like, and then it came out that he was 29 and I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, I've got time. And she, and they were like, what, he said, what do you mean? I said, oh, I thought you were like nine, like our age, like 19 and you were getting married. No, it's a little bit sus now. You're like, "Mm, are you religious? And the, and the girls all said, well, what's wrong with that? Being 19 and getting married. And I was like, oh, well. Who would want to get married at like, oh, gross. Gross. You don't know who you are. How are you funding that these days? (laughs) Yeah, how are you funding it? How are you even like, you don't know who you are. But I now, like I said, I look at like me at 28 and I go, oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, my other joke I'm quite known for around the place is that I'm just waiting for the first round of divorces. Um, I mean, that, that should be coming on right about now, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they will be a bit more fully formed and know what they want or learned <laughs> some things, who knows, got some kinks out. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Like, or maybe that was the issue. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, let you, either way. I'll let you navigate that and then we'll, we, maybe we can reconvene at a later, yeah. later date and you can tell us. Um, so, yes, your cat spinster life at the moment. I mean, it's peak, like staying inside for a week. Oh, it's going to annoy him. He, I had to, I had to get delivered today actually by Uber, which is, this is the most millennial thing you'll ever hear. Okay. I had to get Ubered over, um, express shipping some cat pheromones for him because he gets a bit stressed when I'm in the house all day. Huh? Yeah. Because your, your smell is everywhere. Well, I'm just in his space and he just wants a break. Right. So what do you do with that? What do you do with the cat pheromones? Pump you plug them into around. a diffuser. Ah, right. Um, and they mimic like mum cat pheromones, which I think the science is that like they either work for a cat or they don't at all. Um, right. There's no kind of in between, but they work really well for him. He just chills right out. Right. And that's because he wants his house back. Yeah. He wants me to go to work and leave him alone for six hours. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. That's, that's not, that's not going to happen. No, wow. we might have to divvy the house up like you have. So how old is, how old is, it's Crookshanks, right? Lovely Crookshanks. Yeah. Crookshanks. I'm not certain because he was um, wild. Okay. He turned up in my mum's shed one January and I spent four months getting his trust Yeah. before he got beat up by a feral and let me take him inside. Um, so maybe about four. Maybe about four. Oh, well, that's still quite young. So the vet wants me to brush his teeth. Oh, yeah. No. No, we never brush any of our cat's teeth. I mean, you should. We never really cut their nails too. There's a lot of things that we yeah, I, should do. Mm. And you're like, they look pretty happy. Yeah, and I'm sort of maybe I'm happy to shell out whatever it costs to have them cleaned every so often <laughs> need be rather than try and fight him with a toothbrush. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can manage. I don't know. Like giving the medicine is the hard part. Like 
Yes. Like the, when the vets say, like, just hold them down one, just you can do it by so yourself. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, I found it was easier if it was just me, but mm. it was just because you could distract. But yeah, it's not fun. Anyway, no, um, all right. I, I've got one more question about uh, about uh, being isolated mm-hmm. uh, or being like in COVID isolation is to do with clothes. Oh. Now, should I wear the same clothes every day and then just burn them at the end of the seven days? Oh, I think that's a bit over the top, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. Um, I Well, I'm a little bit excited. I don't think I need to wear a bra for the next week and that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, just I think just put them in their own cycle and then put them in the sun. The sun kills everything, right? I know that's the problem. Is this weather is all, yeah. everyone keeps telling me just get out in the sun, and I'm like, yes, yes, I will. I will when there is sun. I don't know when there is. We're know. currently in the set of twilight. Yeah, exactly right. We're all just moodily looking out windows as yes. the rain falls, hoping. waiting for hunky vamps to appear at our window and watch us sleep. Do you feel like that's like your childhood literature of Twilight and Harry Potter has set you up to have unrealistic expectations for life? Oh, I don't know. So <laughs> my first crush was definitely Doctor Who. Yeah, which, um, which Doctor Who? It must have been the David Tennant one. Right, yes. It's my and dad's I would crush like as well. tidy my room at night just in case he turned up to take me on an adventure. Because he likes a tidy room? You just don't want to be embarrassed oh. <laughs> by your room if a time-travelling alien arrives to take you on an adventure. Uh, you know what? And you want to I, come back to a tidy room when he drops you back home. I think I don't know how many other people I've ever known would say that sentence, except Natalia. I can imagine her. So our yes. boss would probably have said the same thing. Like Natalia and I have some similarities. Kelly and I have some similarities. Um, if you tidy your room, then they show up. Then what if you t- they turn up and you're like, it's a mess? And you've yeah, still sorry, scrambled you eggs everywhere. Yeah, sorry, you just hold on. I want to yeah. tidy up before we go on our adventure. And they go, well, I was going to invite you to another dimension, but ugh. ugh. Yeah. yeah. No. Would you trust a slob in the TARDIS? <laughs> That's an important question to ask, I think. Um I, I really miss the zeitgeistiness of Harry Potter and Twilight. Yeah, I know. Like having mean. a thing, queues outside bookshops, people pre-ordering a book and then queuing up to wait for it. Like, I Yeah, no, it, kept, it kept going for a while, didn't it? So the Hunger yeah. Games as well. Mm. Um, my daughter is reading Percy Jackson at the moment. That's to, oh, yeah. to some extent. But I also know people who love Percy Jackson, really love Percy Jackson. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what that is. At the moment, the zeitgeist has moved on to TikTok. I think, yeah, okay. The people who, even younger than yourself, who grew up reading those books are now on TikTok and YouTube or BookTok and BookTube, if you want to call it that, um, espousing like much more adult fare, not really adult fare. Like the Song of Achilles, I had to read last year. I had, didn't have to, but with so many of my year 12 heavy reader students saying you have to read this book it's okay, amazing yeah, yeah. and then researching it just hours and hours of tiktok wow stuff on that book and then reading that's it and still, going if i was an 18 year old girl that, that would be a good book but isn't that still so like funneled like only yes. certain people are seeing that i just sort of miss that shared general sense of buzz around something that is true it's so funnel like you said that mm-hmm. like within six months i pretty much read all of the same kind of tiktok books mm. and then i haven't really seen what the next wave is it's just yeah. seems to be people are still 
going, well, now I've finally read these 12 books. I finally read Norwegian Wood by Haruki Murakama. Like, I don't know why that just keeps yeah. coming up again and again and again. You're like, new. What's what else? There's other books. Let's go. But it's yeah. so it's so uh, manicured, I guess. Yeah, it is absolutely. But yes, Twilight... I'm, I'm interested to see what that does for people actually writing. Like, if they're expected to play into that kind of really short six month um, right. interest in certain things, I don't like know. almost like an like the whole Netflix, like the algorithm, mm. right? The mm. algorithm will tell you this is the story you. I mean, I'm sure that's already happened and is want, yeah. happening. Yeah, this is you need to write this story with this kind of some kind yeah. of mystical creature, some kind of time travel, some kind of love story, some kind of enemies to lovers. Yep. Connor, out of interest, got me to compare my Stan kind of for you homepage with his, so right. that we could see how I got given different film posters or advertising images than he got for the right. same things. So mine were always um, like, even if the women weren't the primary character, women in power suits in some kind of stance, like power right. stance. So I didn't even like realise that. I didn't alluring even Alluring women. I had no idea. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty dumb, but I never realised that. Huh. I didn't know it was a thing except until Connor said, look, they do it. They give you different images based on your algorithm to try and sell you the, the show. Jesus. Yep. Okay. Wow, I'm gonna have to think on that. Well, yeah, I don't really have any accounts that my children and wife mm. don't use as well. But I wonder what the mix is, especially mm. with the account Justine and I share on Netflix. I might go and look at that, see yeah. what it is. A lot of yeah, right. Hmm. Wonder. All right, so I'm gonna let you go. Yes. And uh, we'll have a a restful rest of the time. Won't we? Indeed. All right. Enjoy your ISO. Hopefully, this is like you know the worst. We get sounding a little snuffly here and there, but yeah, on the whole, fingers crossed. Yeah, and that, that's it. 